Good evening, college football fans everywhere. This is Dennis Jarvis II, and you're about to embark upon a journey with me for the 2019 college football season and the inaugural podcast of Outside the Huddle with DJ2. I use that weird voice. We may not use that from time to time, but I'm really excited about doing this. Uh, two years ago, fall of 2017, I was a part of a team on WKDE, and we broadcast the award-winning, history-rich Altavista Colonels. Uh, I got to do a run of the regular season in one playoff game, and it was just a fantastic opportunity. And I've always wanted to do a podcast, so I thought to myself, let's try this this fall. Uh, our inaugural uh, podcast theme is Marshall Thundering Herd, a September to remember. We're going to talk about Marshall's non-conference schedule, uh, a couple of uh, fresh perspectives of what they could be doing, and I really uh, want to focus on how special they can be. Uh, but before I start that, let me tell you a little bit about myself. I am a son of Marshall. I graduated from the university in the spring of 1996 with a Master's of Arts in Political Science. While I was there, Marshall won an FCC. FCS championship, and they were led by the legendary Marshall Hall of Fame head coach, Bob Pruitt. Over the next decade, he would uh, lead the team to transition from FCS to FBS and join the MAC where they dominate, transition to Conference USA, going to have three Heisman Trophy finalists, uh, an undefeated season, and several bowl wins. You know, the Heisman finalists were Chad Pennington, the freak Randy Moss and Byron Leftwich. Uh, the last 10 years, you know, Marshall only had two head coaches. They had a former alumni head coach in Mark Schneider, who really didn't lead the herd to the levels that they thought they would. And then Mike Helmick, the athletic director, pointed his laser eye focus to Morgantown, West Virginia, and to the chagrin of Mountaineer fans everywhere. He convinced John Doc Holliday to leave the wilds of Morgantown and come to the banks of the Ohio River. And in the last nine years, Marshall is 1746, has a Conference USA championship and seven straight bowl wins. Uh, to anyone who doesn't know anything anywhere about college football, this is success. Marshall's one of the premier teams in all of college football uh, with seven straight bowl wins and, quite honestly, a head coach who – loves being home in Putnam County, who loves being a member of Herd Nation and has really done more than anyone could ever think of uh, over the last nine seasons. Now, when I decided to focus this first topic on Marshall, I, I want to harken back to the five years ago in the season of 2014. Marshall was uh, picked to finish high, had a favorable schedule, and they entered November 12-0 or 11-0, and, and only had potentially eight quarters, two games to potentially win a Conference USA championship and enter as an at-large pick for then the BCS and make a New Year's Day Bowl. Uh, it was the last game of the season against the Hilltoppers of Western Kentucky. Marshall would go on to lose an overtime in a thrilling, very odd game, 67-66. to But four quarters later, Two weeks later, on a snowy, dreary, sleep-driven afternoon in early December, they would beat the Louisiana Tech 
side of the Conference USA from the West, 26-23. Go on to represent Conference USA in the Boca Raton Bowl against the Northern Illinois Huskies of the Mid-American Conference from the MAC and defeat them 52-23 with the one lone loss on the season. Uh, that was a really unique bowl game in it outright in 2014. Out of all the bowl games assembled, this was the only game that pitted two conference champions against one another. Uh, Marshall has a history of winning. Marshall has a history of doing what it takes to be a champion. And this year, they enter the 2019 slate five years later, riding the same opportunity with a same favorable schedule and an opportunity to do some wonderful things. Uh, before I recorded this podcast, several sports writers beat me to the punch. They have picked the Marshall Thundering Herd to win the Conference USA East, play in a Conference USA championship game, and who knows what the rest of the season will hold. But as I looked at their September schedule, uh, what I want to call a September to remember, they have a real unique opportunity to do two things. They can turn heads this fall and be a New Year's Six invitee from the G5, or, or and they can upset two teams in, on their schedule who have the same eye on the prize in a New Year's Six appearance. Um, you know, as I told you, John, Doc Holliday enters his ninth season, and this will be probably one of the better teams he has. Let's focus on what Marshall has coming back themselves. Uh, Marshall has 14 total starters back off a team last year that include uh, seven on offense, five on defense, and the place kicker and punter in that regard. They return Isaiah Green, the college football, uh, the Conference USA's freshman of the year. He uh, led the herd for passing for over 2,459 yards with a pass completion rate of almost 56.7%. He had 15 touchdowns against 10 interceptions. The the very huge bright spot for the herd was his leadership in the Gasparillo Bad Boy Buggy, Bad Boy Mowers Bowl in Tampa Bay in Raymond James against the South Florida Bulls where they rolled up 503 yards in total offense. Uh, They have two quick and elusive running backs in Tyler King and Brandon Knox. You know, Tyler King had 655 yards in just seven games, and he ended his season with an injury that held him on the sidelines. And coming in to replace him was a tough young kid in Brandon Knox, who averaged 115.6 yards in the last five games he played. The Herd has a deep selection at tight end and wide receiver as well. And five starters return on the defense that ranked eighth in the nation against the run and ranked 25th overall in the nation for total defense. They gave up 338 yards on the ground. Now, Marshall has a solid conference, a non-conference slate, uh, with three games at the house and one on the road. Uh, you say you might say after a reveal of the games, Dennis there's in a single P5 game on the slate. How can they be a New York Six buster? Well, you are correct. Marshall may not be considered for a spot in the New York Six due to their strength, perceived strength of schedule, but they can dethrone two teams with their eye on the prize and an invitation for New Year's Six. And I really think they're going to uh, win Conference USA 
and one of the teams that they play has their eye on a conference championship. Let's look at these four games. I'll throw in some stats, and then I'll conclude with my thoughts on the four-game run. On August 31st, a familiar foe will return to the Joan in Huntington in the form of the Virginia Military Institute cadets out of Lexington, Virginia. The cadets are coming in uh, after a 2018 campaign that was uh, just an abysmal failure. They were 1-10. Uh, Scott Wackingham, their head coach, is 6-38 and 38 in 20, since 2015. Some people say that VMI is, on, uh, is in a rebuilding mode. I say it is a complete overhaul. Um, I do love uh, the cadets, especially their logo. It's an eight-point uh, script logo. The VMI has eight points. I call it the spider. And I was able to pick up a hat this summer when my wife and I went for a short vacation to Lexington. And I went into the stadium and walked around and stood on the sideline where a lot of great Southern Conference foes have played. And uh, special for me was where former uh, former VMI head coach and former WVU head coach Bill Stewart called plays. Now let's go on to the second game of the season. This is on Friday, September 6th at Boise State. The Thundering Herd invades, invades the vaunted Smurf turf and makes a rare Friday night landing on ESPN2. This is a rare opportunity for the Herd because these two-story programs have only met once in football. With Boise State defeating the Herd 28-24 in the 1994 FCS playoffs in Boise. Everyone knows the success of the Broncos in the Fiesta Bowl victory over Oklahoma and the Statue of Liberty play that sealed that victory in overtime. Boise is a solid team and tough to beat. They've always been that team uh, in the Mountain West and the Cinderella team, everybody says, uh, has the potential to be an upset, to be a prominent bowl uh, opponent. And ironically, about 10 years ago, they looked at joining the Big East in football only to have a spot in one of the P5 or P6 at that time. Uh, Boise State is led by head coach Brian Harson, who's 52-15 and 15 in six seasons. The Broncos have 12 starters back, four on offense, and eight on defense. Uh, Boise, Test has, uh, Boise State features a very battle-tested offensive line with all five starters back. They're deep at wide receiver, and their defense is deep, uh, strong, but they lost their defensive coordinator, Andy Avalos, to Oregon. Um, one of the rare weaknesses uh, for Boise is they lost their quarterback, and they have five quarterbacks on the roster that have completed a total of 10 career passing attempts between them in game action. You know, most of that's coming under uh, junk kind of garbage time. So who knows whom the signal caller is going to be and, and what kind of role they're going to play. Uh, last fall, the Broncos were 10-3, and three, and they had an odd loss in the Mountain West Championship game to Fresno State in overtime. And their final bowl game, the final game of the season, their bowl game was canceled, which would have pitted them against the Boston College Eagles from the Atlantic Coast Conference in the uh, first responder bowl. But the game was canceled because of a series of thunderstorms and lightning that went through the Dallas Metroplex. Uh, Boise State is that trend center. They helped coin the phrase, the term giant killer, uh, over a decade ago. Uh, they play an up-tempo style of football with an emphasis on hard-nosed common sense fundamentals and a unique team dynamic. 
I respect this program and enjoy watching them play. And, you know, Boise State is always on the lips of every sports writer. Uh, the ESPN bobbleheads and fan base discussion boards always has them the team to beat in the Mountain West and that, that elusive person to take that New Year's Six slot. But here comes this 2019 version in the same talk. Boise has four non-conference games, and they open up with a major game on the road in Jacksonville against the Florida State Seminoles. They come back to home for that second game of the season against Marshall, then close out that portion of the September non-conference schedule of Portland State. Their last non-conference game is BYU on the road in October. If Boise State can beat Florida State, they will be an early favorite to be the G5 team in the New Year's Six. Let's focus on the third game of the non-conference slate for Marshall, and that is comes on Saturday, September 14th, against the Ohio Bearcats, Bobcats rather, the Ohio Bobcats, and the battle for the Bell is renewed. This is an old nemesis. The Bobcats return to the Joan uh, with a great head coach in Frank Solich. And what's unique about this game is uh, there is only about 75, 80 miles between the two schools in uh, Huntington and Athens. The head coaches of Marshall and Ohio always meet at a hotel in Point Pleasant in Mason County, West Virginia, for kind of a pregame press conference and a fan mixer. And uh, it's really kind of fun to watch. Uh, this is, uh, you know, the head coach at Ohio is the legendary head coach Frank Solich. Uh, and in my opinion, he's going to be a future member of the College Football Hall of Fame. While at the helm in Athens, he is 106 and 75 in 14 seasons. And in 20 seasons overall, he's 164 and 94. And he used to be the former head coach of the Nebraska Cornhuskers. OU in 2019 was 9-4, and four, and they closed out the season with a victory in the Frisco Bowl over the Aztecs of San Diego State. The Bobcats returned 12 starters, 4 on offense, and 8 on defense, and they are picked first in the MAC East Division. Their last conference championship came in 1968. But when you've got these, uh, like I said, 12 starters back, the 4 on offense are kind of unique. Uh, they have what I'm referring to as a max stud in their returning signal caller, quarterback Nathan Rourke. He's a two-way threat in the air and on the ground. He, he Last year he passed for 2,434 yards with 23 touchdowns and eight interceptions for a 59.9% efficiency rating. He had 860 yards on the ground and 15 touchdowns, totaling for 38 total TDs for the Bobcats. The defense was solid in their last six games. They finished the season with 24 points allowed per game, and uh, the defense was ranked um, 65th overall of all teams in FBS, and they allowed 309 yards total, 390 yards total, on uh, in in all combined efforts of the of the play last year, OU has a a, a fairly strong non conference schedule with two games at home and two on the road. They open up with an Atlantic Ten foe in Rhode Island, uh, in Athens. Then they go on the road to play Pitt, the Panthers at Heinz Field out of the uh, ACC. They come play uh, Marshall at the Joan, and then they close out with another conference USA foe in Louisiana. Uh, if the Bobcats will pull out a victory over Pitt, they will roll into the zone on a high note after beating the ACC team on the road. 
Marshall and Ohio have played a total of 59 games with Ohio holding leading wins with 33 to Marshall's 20. The last game in the series was played in Athens with uh, in, in September 15th of 2015 with Athens winning uh, Athens winning with Ohio winning 21 to 10. They've met 28 total times in Huntington. The last game came in 2014, a very magical year for the herd. Marshall won that game going away 44 to 14. Let's look at the third game uh, in the final game for this uh, uh, slot for in the non-conference slot for Marshall. On, on uh, September 28th, the final leg in the non-conference slate is the Cincinnati Bearcats from the AAC, the Power 6 conference that plays up to a Power 5 level. The Bearcats play a tough non-conference schedule themselves, and they have a major uh, non-conference slate. Their first three games pit two – P5 teams, one at home in UCLA, a Pac-12 team. Uh, then they're on the road to Ohio State. And then they play an Ohio baseball and the Miami Red Hawks from the Mid-American Conference. Last season, Cincinnati went on the road and beat UCLA in formidable fashion and started the season very, very high. Last year in 2018, what I'm going to refer to as the Fighting Fickles uh, were 11-2, as I told you. They upset UCLA on the road and were completing a dream season uh, at the end of the year by defeating Virginia Tech in the military ball. Uh, Luke Fickle, a defensive guru, is 15-10 and 10 in two seasons at UC. Uh, UC has a ton of talent coming back this fall. They've got 13 starters, six on offense, and five on defense. Their O-line is back, all five starters up front. And if you want to hear another thing, the Herd have a second dual-threat quarterback from the Buckeye State. Their quarterback, Desmond Ritter, is back from an 18 campaign that included 583 yards rushing, 2,445 yards passing, with 20 touchdowns against five interceptions. UC started the season 6-0 last fall in 18, and they saw the AAC Beat them up a little bit with a tough loss to Temple and UCF. <clears throat> so I feel this is the toughest date, toughest test the herd will have to date. But I am bullish on the herd this fall, and I feel that Doc Holliday will continue to march the success that they've grown accustomed to in Huntington. In reality, Marshall completes the season slate at worst two and two, but I think it'll be more realistic at three and one. Marshall will roll VMI and be able to play the entire roster in a row. When Marshall goes to the wilds of Ohio, they will catch the Broncos coming home from a tough road test against Florida State, and a herd will upset will be uh, will upset Boise in a close game. The deciding factor will be the herd offense and the strong defense of the herd. You see, maybe too much for the herd to handle. Luke Fickle is going to be seeking a P5 job this season, and he will not allow the allow the bar. Bearcats to lose on the road. It will be a close, but it will be a close game in Huntington, but I think UC will pull it through. I want you to look for Marshall to run the table in Conference USA and hang a second conference championship in the last five years. And hopefully they will make the trip to New Orleans to play the Sunbelt champion Appalachian State Mountaineers in the New in the New Orleans Bowl. Well, well, I just want to tell you, wow. I took a big sigh. The inaugural podcast is complete. It's over. What do you think? Send me your questions on my Facebook site 
or post your thoughts in the same manner. Join me next week when I review the changes in the Big 12, coaching changes in the Big 12, that is, and how the new talent will lead the conference into the highest levels of success in the next decade in placing the Big 12 in rarefied air among the P5. There are four new coaches in the Big 12 at WVU, Texas Tech, Kansas, and Kansas State. I'm looking forward to talking to you about that. Uh, as we complete this, I'm going to give you a little uh, shout of why you, if you're wanting to do a podcast, can do so with uh, Anchor, how easy it is. But until next week, I want you to stay thirsty, my friends, and win on me, win on three. One, two, three, end.